0: The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We bear greetings on this Sunday as we celebrate the baptism of our Lord Jesus Christ here in the nave of Marsh Chapel. My name is Brother Larry Whitney. I have the privilege of serving as university chaplain for community life this morning and the honor of being your preacher this morning. I bear greetings on behalf of our dean, the Reverend Dr. Robert Allen Hill, as he is away this week and looks forward to being back with us. A special greeting this morning to our guest choir in Coro Novo under the direction of Dr. Therese Provenzano. Thank you for being with us. Let us stand as we are able in the praise of God. Let us pray. Father in heaven, who at the baptism of Jesus in the river Jordan proclaimed him your beloved Son and anointed him with the Holy Spirit, grant that all who are baptized into his name may keep the covenant they have made and boldly confess him as Lord and Savior, who with you and the Holy Spirit reigns and reigns, one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. (coughs) John, baptized with water for the repentance of sins, let us who gather this morning in remembrance of Jesus' baptism by John confess and repent of our sins, personal, communal, social, and institutional, as the choir sings the traditional prayer of confession, Kyrie eleison. Lord, have mercy. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks
1: be to God. A lesson from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 42, verses 1 through 9. Here is my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. He will bring forth justice to the nations. He will not cry or lift up his voice or make it heard in the street. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimly burning wick he will not quench. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: Acts of the Apostles, chapter 10, verses 34 through 43. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, who ate and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as the, as the judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
3: Please join me in reading Psalm 29 with the Antiphon. Ascribe to the Lord, O heavenly beings. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory of his name. Worship the Lord in holy splendor. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders the Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. The Lord breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syria like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. The Lord shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the forest bare. And in his temple all say glory. The Lord sits enthroned over the flood. The Lord sits enthroned as king forever. May the Lord give strength to his people. May the Lord bless his people with peace.
0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew, chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus came from Galilee to John at the Jordan to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for it is proper for us in this way to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ. Christ. Please be seated. Judgment Left, right, up, down, rise, fall. Scales of justice tip and tilt. Judgment Righteousness, sin. Life, punishment, kingdom, fire. Jesus judges sheep from goats. Judgment, righteous, unjust, merciful, cruel. Humble, proud. Jesus stores the wheat and burns the chaff. Judgment. Poor, rich, faithful, disobedient, honest, hypocrite. Jesus teaches the way through the narrow gate. Baptism. John. Jesus. Water. Spirit. Repentance. Forgiveness. Jesus with John. Fills up all righteousness. How shall power be distributed? How shall resources be allocated? These are the fundamental questions of politics. Today, having hoped for deliverance during Advent, having rejoiced at the Incarnation on Christmas, and having marveled at the Revelation on Epiphany, we now come face to face with the one we hoped for, the one we celebrated, the one at whom we marveled, Jesus, who has come to be our judge, and whose baptism by John fills up all righteousness. Like with so many gifts, we may find that Jesus is not quite what we were hoping for. Having unwrapped the package, our joy may not quite be complete. The curtain having been pulled back, our wonderment may be tinged with a bit of perplexity you see today jesus descends into the jordan and is baptized by john and so the life the promise of the life ministry teaching death and resurrection of jesus is not in some far off heavenly realm but rather is immersed in the ebb and flow of the mundane. Jesus, it turns out, is deeply concerned with how power is distributed and with how resources are allocated. And moreover, Jesus is deeply concerned with how we, you and I, Wield power, interact with power, respond to power, how we, you and I, obtain wealth, spend wealth, share wealth. Jesus' baptism is political theology. Where is your treasure? You may want to ponder this question between now and Ash Wednesday, when Jesus will address the question directly. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, Where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where is your treasure? Is it on earth, or is it in heaven? And how, pray tell, should you know? For Matthew, the scales of divine justice, the scales upon which righteousness is measured and judgment meted out, are quite similar to the banker's scales, upon which your payment is determined sufficient to cancel your debt, or you are bankrupt. In Matthew's construal, we each have two bank accounts, one in heaven and one on earth one spiritual and one material, and wealth is interchangeable between the two. In fact, there is an inverse correlation between the amount of treasure in one and the amount of treasure in the other. Our treasure in the heavenly account increases as we give our material wealth to the poor. Our treasure in the earthly account increases by greed, injustice, and hypocrisy, which put our spiritual balance in the red. What is our spiritual treasure? What is spiritual wealth? Righteousness. 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 And so we are back in the Jordan with John, who baptizes Jesus to fulfill all righteousness. It is easy to overlook the importance of Jesus' baptism by John fulfilling all righteousness, given the extraordinary way the scene ends. Suddenly the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, the Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Who cares about the fulfillment of all righteousness? When the heavens are rent, the Spirit of God descends, and God speaks in the words of the prophet Isaiah. Surely it is this revelation of Jesus' divinity and of the Trinity that is the point of Jesus' baptism. No! The opening of the heavens, the descent of the Spirit, and the voice of God are not the point, but rather the divine response to the fulfillment of all righteousness. Or better, the filling up of all righteousness. After all, the whole point of the incarnation, life, ministry, teaching, suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus is salvation. And salvation is accomplished by filling spiritual bank accounts with righteousness. In Jesus, the infinite righteousness of God flows into the world to fill up the spiritual bank accounts of those who take up their crosses and follow Jesus, that is, of those who are righteous. Jesus pays off the spiritual debts, that is, gives himself as a ransom for his righteous disciples. And so, blessed are the poor in spirit, Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Here, then, is the economy of salvation. Take up your cross follow Jesus, and store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Note. There is no room here for empty words. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only one who does the will of my Father in heaven. Note. Salvation is not about belief. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. The economy of salvation is to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. Righteousness is done, not thought, not said, not believed. Justice is done, not thought, not said, not believed. Mercy is done, not thought, not said, not believed. Humility is done, not thought, not said, not believed. Belief is worthless. Speech is worthless. Righteousness alone is heavenly treasure. And righteousness requires you to act. There is an inverse relationship between the amount of treasure in the spiritual bank account and the amount of treasure in the material bank account. Righteous action is costly. The grace of Jesus filling the spiritual accounts of the righteous is costly for Jesus and for us. Teaching righteousness, preaching righteousness, doing righteousness, filling all righteousness— got Jesus killed, and many of his followers down through the ages as well. Doing righteousness, doing justice, loving mercy, walking humbly with God are costly to us as well. After all, the correlate of taking up your cross is laying down your life. No one knows more about costly grace, the cost of righteousness, the cost of justice, than Dietrich Bonhoeffer, whose hymn, By Gracious Powers, we will sing following the sermon. An outspoken critic and opponent of Hitler and the Nazi regime from the very beginning of its rise to power Bonhoeffer left Germany for the United States and Union Theological Seminary in New York in 1939, rather than face the prospect of being conscripted into Hitler's army and refusing to serve, a capital offense. Regret at the decision to leave Germany nagging at him, he returned to suffer through the dark days of the Nazi regime with his fellow Germans and the Confessing Church, which he had helped found. A lifelong pacifist, as a participant in the German resistance, Bonhoeffer nevertheless contributed to a plot to kill Hitler, having concluded that the ultimate question for a responsible man to ask is not how he is to extricate himself heroically from the affair, but how the coming generation shall continue to live. As he said in what was to have been his magnum opus, his ethics, when a man takes guilt upon himself in responsibility, he imputes his guilt to himself and no one else. He answers for it, Before other men, he is justified by dire necessity. Before himself, he is acquitted by his conscience. But before God, he hopes only for grace. Having been arrested on April 5th, 1943, his connection to the conspiracy to kill Hitler was not discovered until a year and a half later when the plot had already failed. And he was executed by hanging at dawn with several co-conspirators on April 9th, 1945, only two weeks before U.S. soldiers would liberate the camp. Grace is indeed costly. Righteousness is indeed costly for God and for us. Jesus filling up all righteousness is the very meaning of grace, and that grace is both a precious resource and a great power. Grace is not a divine exception from the unjust use of earthly power and the unequal distribution of earthly resources. Grace is the call to use earthly power justly and to distribute earthly resources fairly. The cost of grace, the cost of righteousness, the cost of justice, the cost of mercy, the cost of humility is steep. And so it should be little surprise that there is a plethora of cheap grace flooding the salvation market. This knockoff grace, peddled in various formulations throughout history, arises in its most visible, pervasive, and pernicious form today as so-called prosperity gospel. Its roots are to be found in the New Thought movement of the late 19th century. Prosperity teachings reach prominence in the healing revivals of the mid-20th century. And then in the later 20th century, in the Word of Faith movement and televangelism. The central teachings of the prosperity gospel are that it is God's will that we be healthy and wealthy. That if we are not, it is because we lack faith, we lack positive thought processes, and we need to contribute financially to the appropriate religious institutions. Salvation, in this view, is not righteousness, but the breaking of the bonds of sickness and poverty. You, too, may achieve prosperity in abundance if you believe hard enough, think yourself strong enough, and give the preacher enough money. This is the cheapest of grace, or as Bonhoeffer described it, grace as bargain-basement goods— cut-rate forgiveness, cut-rate comfort, cut-rate sacrament. Grace as the church's inexhaustible pantry from which it is doled out by careless hands without hesitation or limit. Note that in the gospel of prosperity, the relationship between the heavenly bank account and the material bank account is not inversely proportional, but directly proportional. That is, Increasing the amount in your heavenly account also increases the amount in your material account, and vice versa. The road to salvation requires not that you take up your cross, but that you take up your money. And if you do not have any money, just believe hard enough, and you will. Reinhold Niebuhr rightly called out an early version of prosperity gospel, preached by Norman Vincent Peale, as false gospel. The basic sin of this cult is its egocentricity. It puts self instead of the cross at the center of the picture. Or, as Bonhoeffer rightly summed up, cheap grace is preaching forgiveness without repentance. It is baptism without the discipline of community. It is the Lord's Supper without confession of sin. It is absolution without personal confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without the living incarnate Jesus Christ. Prosperity gospel is heresy, it is blasphemy, it is treason in the kingdom of God, and worst of all, it is wrong! Of course, heresy, blasphemy, treason in the kingdom, and flat-out being wrong, are hardly barriers to political success to attaining earthly wealth and power. In our own day, the gospel of prosperity has amassed vast wealth by preying on those in financial and personal distress with promises of health and wealth to those who give their last penny. In our own day, the Gospel of Prosperity has attained a level of power and influence such that it will be front and center, leading us in prayer in the presidential inauguration in a couple of weeks. Dietrich Bonhoeffer was called to stand with Jesus in the Jordan in the dark days of Nazi Germany. To commit himself once again to righteousness by being baptized by John for repentance. To pay the earthly cost of grace in order to store up righteous treasure in heaven. Jesus' baptism is political theology. Bonhoeffer's baptism is a living out, a doing of the political theology of Jesus' baptism by John, of righteousness, of justice, of mercy, of humility. In the days to come, will you stand with Jesus in the Jordan? Will you pay the cost? Of discipleship. Will you receive the filling up of all righteousness Jesus offers by doing righteousness? Will you cash out your material bank account in order to store up your treasure in heaven? Thus says John the Baptizer. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. John's baptism with water for repentance is cheap compared to the cost to be paid for Jesus' baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire. Jesus' baptism with the Holy Spirit and fire is what we face at the seat of judgment, and Jesus is the judge. Judgment is a determination of justice. Jesus will determine our justice, our righteousness. Judgment, left, right, up, down, rise, fall, scales of justice, tip and tilt. Judgment righteousness, sin, life, punishment, kingdom, fire. Jesus judges sheep from goats. Judgment, righteous, unjust, merciful, cruel, humble, proud. Jesus stores the wheat and burns the chaff. Judgment. Poor, rich, faithful, disobedient, honest, Hypocrite. Jesus teaches the way through the narrow gate. Baptism. John. Jesus. Water. Spirit. Repentance. Forgiveness. Jesus with John, fills up all righteousness. Do justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Amen.
5: Come now to a time of prayer where you are invited, if you choose to come and kneel here at the altar, to stand or sit where you are in whatever manner speaks most to your soul. We enter into this time as the choir leads us in the unison singing of, Lord, lead me, Lord. as we bring the prayers of the people, our concerns and cares, our joys and gratitudes to be held in communion with God and in community with the souls around us here and beyond. At the end of each intention, I will say, Holy One, in your mercy and care, hear our prayer. And I invite you to respond, hear our prayer. Within our world, souls cry out in grief and fear. We hold before you our sisters and brothers in Syria, Afghanistan, Turkey, Jerusalem, Egypt, Fort Lauderdale, Chicago, and within our own city of Boston. Holy one in your mercy and care, hear our prayer. In the chilling grip of winter, we hold before you souls who have sheltered outside in the storm, who do not know where they will sleep tonight who fear being turned out of their homes, who are hungry, who fear or are going without medical care, and who slip away unnoticed and unnamed. Holy One, in your mercy and care, hear our prayer. Into your light of hope and promise, we hold before you souls who are caretakers, healers and educators, peacemakers, artists and community organizers, diplomats, musicians, advocates and first responders, and everyday friends and family embodying love and constancy. Holy one in your mercy and care, hear our prayer. In the dailiness of work we hold before you, children who enable routine safety and comfort for all of us, street cleaners, and grounds crews, transportation workers and security, general contractors and repair personnel, 911 operators, custodians. Holy one in your mercy and care, hear our prayer. seeking your felt presence within the transitions of life as we turn in this new year. We hold before you our sisters and brothers living through the birthing of new life, the welcoming of new children or new members to family and friendship, applying for schools and employment, trying something for the first time becoming engaged and married, encountering unexpected opportunities. Holy one in your mercy and care, hear our prayer. And also souls living within the transitions of losing jobs, waiting for diagnoses, moving to unfamiliar places breaking cycles of abuse, standing trial and judgment, separating, divorcing, entering recovery, waiting by bedsides or through long nights of unknowing, facing death or surviving in grief. We acknowledge these spaces of life these places of change and risk and mystery, and ask, Holy One, in your mercy and care, hear our prayer. And for the concerns of our hearts spoken only to you, we offer into the space and silence Holy One, in your mercy and care, hear our prayer. Hear our prayer, O God, as we pray the prayer Jesus modeled for us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread
2: We welcome you again to the nave of Marsh Chapel. Whether you are seated here with us in the pews, listening via radio or the internet broadcast, or later via the podcast, please know that you are a valued member of our community. For those of you who are seated in the pews, we ask that you participate in our ritual of friendship by putting your name and contact information in the red pads found along the center aisle of each pew. This helps us to get to know you better and you to get to know one another better. Uh, we would once again like to thank In Coronovo for providing their musical leadership and talent uh, for this morning's worship service. Thank you very much. Um, <clears throat> we remind you that all regularly scheduled weekly activities are still sus- suspended at the chapel until after the new semester begins. However, please do join us for coffee hour and fellowship after the service downstairs in the Marsh Room. For all other news and upcoming events and services, please visit our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or our website at bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now, as the ushers wait upon us for our offering, let us remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
4: I'm going to serve God till I die. Hypocrites, hypocrite, tell you me. what he do. I'm going to serve God till I die. He'll talk about me, I shall talk about you. He'll he'll talk about, about you. you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to serve God till I die. Little love, little love, little innocent love. I'm going to serve God till I die. Little love, little love, little innocent love. I'm, I'm, I'm going to serve lamb. God till I die. Devil, he's Till i die.
3: Jesus Christ, Lord of all, we offer these gifts of time, talent, and treasure as a testimony of your work in our lives. Bless these gifts and bless us that they and we may continue to witness to your grace, peace, and mercy in the world. We pray these things in your strong and saving name. Amen.
0: justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. Go in peace. Amen.